Bonjour et bienvenue, or as we say in English, uh, welcome to a Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Uh, joining me on the phone this episode from Overkill, it is uh, Bobby Blitz and and from Metal Allegiance, Mark Mengi. Now the two of them have gotten together with Mike Portnoy, yes, of the Winery Dogs, Sons of Apollo, and other fabulous places, and guitarist Phil Demmel, and they have put together a new band called BPMD, right? The initials. So brilliant. So brilliant. You gotta love Easy. I love Easy. Anyway, they have a new album coming out in June of 2020, assuming that some of you might be listening to this in 2021 at some point. Uh, the album is called American Made, and it covers American bands. See? Look at that. Uh, mostly from uh, the 70s. You've got uh, on there covers by Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Cactus, ZZ Top, and all kinds of other stuff. Now, the the good songs... <laughs> yes, I know. I, that suggests there's bad songs. There's no bad songs. It's a great album. But uh, Toys in the Attic and Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang... The Aerosmith cover and the um, Ted Nugent cover are songs that were picked by Mike Portnoy. And as we discussed through the interview, they have a concept of doing more albums covering uh, American bands from the 80s, British bands from the 70s, so on and so forth. And I got to tell you, let Mike do the picking. Uh, he, you know, just, just say, hey, Mike. Pick 10 songs and we'll cover them. And listen, it's American-made rock from the 70s. No kiss. No kiss. Ah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Still, jokes aside, because I am joking. I'm being facetious, so please. Uh, the album American Made is coming out in June. Do check that out. I am going to get right to the interview. Let's let's call this a hit-and-run episode. It is a short interview, short intro here is from B P M D Bobby Blitz and Mark Mengi. Le voila. We are speaking with uh, Mark Mengi and uh, Bobby Blitz. The new band is B P M D. The new album is called American Made. It's out uh, June 12th. And of course, it features uh, the band covering. Songs by Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, and more. As we say in Montreal, uh, bonjour, monsieur. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Bonjour, Mitch. Yes. So let us help the fans out here because we've got two people on on the line and they're going to hear you talk and some may or may not know. So let me start with Mark. Uh, Good day, Mark. Um, How are things? Things are good, man. Things are good. Besides the global crisis going on. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. get into that. And, of course, uh, Mark does uh, Metal Allegiance and all kinds of other great stuff. And Bobby from the great Overkill, which, which Bobby, I have to say, the first time I saw the band, it was at that Eddie Trunk show, uh, right? well, Eddie Trunk sponsored show, if you want, right after 9-11 with Sebastian Bach, Ace Frehley, Anthrax, I was there. I was yeah. at that big New York Steel. New York Steel. Am yeah. I missing anybody? It was Anthrax, uh, Sebastian. Anthrax Bob, was there. Yeah, Twisted. Twisted. Uh, That's H- who I'm missing. It's right. freely. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, that was a monumental monumental event after a uh, monumental event. So that was uh, uh, it was good to be part of that. 
Yeah, that was that was just one epic, epic kind of thing. And, and you know, uh, you've got to sort of uh, thank Eddie Trunk for all he's done for rock and metal over the years. Uh, always, always a pleasure to be involved with anything he's done. Uh, so let's talk about American Made. Uh, let me go to you, Mark, first. Um, talk to me about these bands and how you, you got to choose them. We've got Ted Nugent, Aerosmith, Cactus, ZZ Top. Um, what was the concept bef- behind this and why sort of stick to American Made? Why not cover, you know, the Rolling Stones and Def Leppard and, and all these other bands? Why why stick to American bands? Sure. You know, we wanted to challenge ourselves as musicians. And when the idea was spawn- spawned last summer, um, I suggested Saturday Night Special by Leonard Skinner after my son had suggested it to me. And I kind of set the light bulb off. And uh, when I spoke to Blitz that night, he started mentioning these other great uh, American bands. And as this idea was starting to percolate, starting to brew, it was, you know, we're expected to do Sabbath and Priest and Maiden, you know, Deep Purple, et cetera, et cetera, which we love. They're some of our favorite bands ever. But it was, what could we do that's different, that really hasn't been done? Um and challenge ourselves. And so we set the ground rules that we each get to pick two songs. We can't argue those songs. So if Blitz picked these, uh, his two songs, I, nobody in the band could argue it. You had to do it. Um, so there's eight songs there. And we, then we had two community picks. Then to amplify it even more, we said, you know what? It's got to be released in the 70s. You know, so we started naming uh, artists or, or songs. Uh, can't do that. That was released in December of, of 1969. Can't do it. So, you know, we kind of, we didn't pigeonhole ourselves, but we really kind of opened up uh, to challenge ourselves. So it was just kind of built that way. And it was all done pretty organically too. It wasn't, you know, we didn't come up with an idea and say, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we're going to do. It was just done via, you know, group text or email uh, and even in person as well. See, I love this. Uh, so let me go to you, Bobby. Uh, first song on the album is, of course, Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang by Ted Nugent from the Cash Scratch Fever album, produced produced by a friend of mine, Tom Worman. Uh, talk to me about this, uh, covering Ted, because these days when you talk Ted Nugent and and you put stuff out right away, there's a an incredible amount of online hate about, oh, Ted, 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 and yet you cover him. Um, and such a great song. Talk to me a bit about Ted. Oh, geez, I, you know, it, it's funny. We never, never thought about any of that. I mean, I've always just been a fan of Ted. Uh, wasn't one of my picks. It was actually Mike Portnoy's. But the, uh, the fun part about this song for me is that um, when I tried to uh, channel my inner, uh, <laughs> my inner Ted Nugent or Amboy Dukes or uh, 1970s Ted, uh, I was uh, listening to, to get ready for this, to get ready for this cut was listening to double live gonzo um so i remember being in the studio with uh the guy i worked with for all the overkill stuff uh, for the last oh god 10 10 years or so a guy named johnny rod and i said i said turn me on turn it on and he turned it on and i and i rattled off that intro that was something very similar to that of the of the double live gonzo in uh, recorded in nashville tennessee back in the 70s so it was, uh, it was like, uh, let's say revisiting the youth when, uh, when getting into the Ted stuff and then, uh, uh, doing that live introduction. I just want to point out, yeah. you know, you mentioned the, the, the Ted, you know, hate, you know, like Bobby said, we never thought politics. 
And I, I realized this after we were done recording. You know, Ted is pro-gun. We have a song on there that's anti-gun, which is Saturday Night Special. That's an anti-gun song. So if you think about it on this record, there's a pro-gun guy and there's an anti- anti-gun guy. So <laughs> we're right in the middle, man. Where you know, this is 100% about music. There's zero politics on this record. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I've interviewed uh, Ted twice in the last uh, six months about, and I do it because I really want to focus on just the music. I don't want to do politics. And yet whenever I put the interviews up, I get a whole bunch of, oh, I'm going to unfollow you. You're a horrible person. And it's just like, well, you know, anyway. Uh, just quickly, quickly, let's get into the producers of that. Uh, Ted Nugent, not Ted Nugent, Tom Worman produced that. Uh, he's also produced Cheap Trick and a bunch of other great artists. Uh Talk to me a little bit about Tom. Do you know anything about his production past Ted and, and, and Tom and, and Cheap Trick? And and how do you sort of rank him in terms of producers when we look at the Bob Rocks and the Bob Ezrins and the Mutt Langs? How do you sort of compare Tom Worman to those guys? Ooh. You got it, Mark, or me? Let's go with Bobby first, and then we'll get to Mark. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's, you know, Tom is, uh, Tom is all over the board with regard to, you know, what hard rock was and uh, let's say introducing it to, uh, to that of the, uh, the public, uh, American around the world. And, you know, when you start looking at the stuff that, that he, uh, you know, he had his fingers in, uh, you know, or, or control controlling, um, and his ears, um, it goes from like Ted and some of that, you know, even that, God, uh, heavier Southern rock bands, um, Molly Hatchet, uh, something like that. Blue Oyster Cult, who we were, uh, who we also cover on this record. So so he's probably one of the linchpins uh, that is a commonality in more than one of the songs that we have picked uh, for the BPMV uh, release. Great stuff. Uh, real quick, Mark, in terms of putting this together, whose idea was this? And and is this sort of a one-off kind of thing? Or if this does well, do we look at doing a, an American-made 80s album, an American-made 90s album, maybe do a 70s UK-made? What are sort of the long-term prospects and projects for this? Wow, he kind of nailed it. What do you think, Bobby? <laughs> I think that's right on the head. I, I, I think the point of this was to, to make sure that it had legs. Um, and, and those legs were going to be made in the UK or made in, uh, made in Europe. Uh, made in the world, uh, if we wanted to take it a step further. Yeah, now the goal, you know, this is just out of love, man, and, and fun. You know, again, an eight-year-old came up with the original light bulb idea, if you want to trace it back, you know, and it was just four dudes getting in a room covering some tunes, and we hit the record button, you know. Um, this is all pre-label. We didn't have a record label. We self-financed it. You know, we, we just did it out of love. There, were, there was really no preconceived master game plan. I still think we're trying to figure it out as we go. And, you know, it's fun. You know, I love working with Bobby and, and the guys, you know, and it was kind of inevitable that at least Blitz and I branched out uh, to do something, you know, because him and I, you know, with Metal Allegiance, we had a good chemistry. Obviously, Mike and Phil as well. That's kind of how this thing started because – We've jammed a lot of shows together. We've played together. We know the stage. We all know what we could do uh, playing-wise. And it was just, it was fun. You know, it was fun. And the goal was to definitely branch out and to do other things, of course. But we're hoping this has legs. And we hope people dig our renditions of these songs 
And again, it's four guys having fun. It's really, really nothing more than that. Well, listen, it sounds like a fun album. I've, I've obviously heard parts of it and, and I'm digging the heck out of it. Uh, Bobby, I'll, I'll send this to you in terms of vocals and vocal style. You know, what Ted Nugent does and what Steve Perry, no, it's not Steve Perry, Steve Tyler and all these guys. Obviously, it's different. How is it for you vocally to, to get into these songs and, and make them your own, but also somewhat still say, pay tribute to the guys that you're covering? Well, I, I mean, that's the key right there. And I, and I think what you're talking about is presentation. You know, I learned a long time ago, it's just pretty much me. It's not that I can, uh, it's not that I can uh, copy or uh, uh, another singer. But uh, I remember just in a recent interview, somebody was asked me something similar. And I, and I learned the lesson way back in, uh, geez, the, the early overkill days when we were we were doing some covers. And I realized I have, I'm not Steven Tyler. There's, you know, there's one Steven Tyler. So the idea is to present it your own way with keeping that in mind of who was the original, not necessarily trying to uh, mimic it, but more so uh, pay homage to it by uh, by individual presentation or personalized presentation. So for me, it was a, a that was the idea was to keep the integrity of the song, but also keep the integrity of the fact that my voice is recognizable. And how does it fit uh, with this music and how does it fit from? Uh, the presentation of that original singer. How do I bring both together and, and make an original presentation out of it? Any of any of the vocals that were difficult for you to cover? Uh, the David Lee Roth stuff is not easy for me. Um, I, you know, again, like there's one Stephen Tyler, there's one David Lee Roth. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, and uh, you know, where I'm more, I picked, for instance, the Cactus and the Mountain songs, which are a little bit more blues based. Uh, type tunes. So, I mean, I fit right into that kind of a blues category with, with my delivery, which is uh, what, what, or my natural delivery for doing things. But the raw stuff is a little bit uh, out of my league. So it was uh, the one I had to, um, Oh God. I mean, I really had to get down and uh, get down in the trenches and, and, and work on that one to make, uh, to make the presentation come out the way I was happy with it. Yeah, it really was. Uh, May 3rd, 1976, Aerosmith releases Rocks. Many people think it's their greatest album. I would go with uh, Toys in the Attic personally. Um, talk to me a little bit about covering Aerosmith, but also uh, is is Toys in the Attic an underrated Aerosmith classic in terms of, of album, not just song? Uh, let's start off with uh, Mark. I, I don't think so. Um, that might be one of their, uh, at least in my opinion, the not assumed. I always thought it was one of their more famous albums, you know, simply because of the track listing. If you look at that track listing um, on that album, I mean, it's loaded. It's absolutely loaded. You know, you've, number one, you have Sweet Emotion. That was a huge, huge hit for them. Uh, Walk This Way, another huge hit for them. Um, during that, you know, especially mid-70s, I think uh, – I think Toys and the Attic came out in 75, if I'm not mistaken. It somewhere, did, 1975. Yeah, yeah. So you think back, um, or you look back, or you watch movies, um, you know, Walk This Way, Sweet Emotion, those two songs right there, you know. Even Uncle Salty to a, uh, to a certain degree. You know, um, I've always thought of that record as being their quintessential record. Um, my, that's my personal opinion. You know, obviously music is all opinionated. Um, and that, rocks is, I mean, rocks is a great record. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I always looked at toys being, the, the more popular record. I, w- I won't say better, but more popular. 
See, I agree with you. I, I uh, posted recently for the anniversary of Rocks that it was uh, the second best Aerosmith record after Toys, and boy, did people not like that comment. Uh, Bobby, how do you how do you th- see this thing? Is 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 Toys in the Attic a a better, for the lack of a better word, album than Rocks? And and why pick that song? So many songs to go through from Aerosmith. What attracted you to Toys in the Attic? You know, uh, I didn't pick that tune. That was uh, that was Mike Portnoy's pick. Uh, also, I like uh, so Mike idea- Portnoy. He picks the greatest <laughs> songs. He he is, <laughs> he is fantastic. But go the, ahead. The but the uh, you know the idea of the project itself wasn't to to sit there and discuss any of the picks. It was it, it the game was do it if the other guy picks it. Each guy had two picks. Would I have picked this song? Probably not. I probably wouldn't have picked this song. Uh, but for sure, I understood the, uh, uh, the relevance of, of having an Aerosmith cut on this tune. And I never thought of you know this specific cut as being, I'm not going to say it's a deep cut. It's obviously the name of the, of, of the record. Uh, you know, It's the title track of the record. But the point is, is that for sure it's not uh, Walk This Way or Dream On. It is, it's something I think that represents what could be uh, closest to that raw, gritty, snotty, almost underground feel that Aerosmith had to them. Uh, you know, not not the hit machine uh, that they became, but that uh, that rock and roll band out of Boston kind of a thing that um, uh, that gave them legs. And that was uh, when it was raw, gritty, and uh, let's say uh, challenging with regard to uh, what the definition of pop was uh, in the day. Uh, you see, it's funny about you know. You look at Toys in the Attic, I look at it as more of the their pop record, and Rocks is more of the, the under, not, not underground, but lesser known. Because if you look at songs like Rat in the, Rats in the Cellar and Last Child. Nobody's I mean, fault. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. But it, those songs didn't have the notoriety as Sweet Emotion and, and Walk This Way did. You know, as far right. as popularity goes, if you're judging by numbers and the popular opinion, it has to be, t- it, I would assume Toys in the Attic. Um, but again, you know, I'm just coming out of my little bubble here in New York. So, <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't hear Run DMC cover Nobody's Fault. So that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, um, it is it is clear that uh, to me that Mike Portnoy has absolute terrific musical taste. Uh, would you let him pick the next 10 songs for the next album? Just Just throwing that out there. No, there would be no fun then. <laughs> would be, everybody wants to have that. I mean, this was the, the idea of this thing was to, it, to some degree, make it a game, to make it a challenge. Now, the challenge was going to be that I knew the two songs I was going to pick, but maybe they were going to be challenging to the other three members. I know Phil Demel, for instance, said, I never even heard uh, Never In My Life, the Mountain song that I had picked. So he had to go and be exposed to that the first time. Um, now, when Phil picked uh, uh, Tattoo Vampire and DOA by Van Halen, I was obviously familiar with the songs, but I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever be you know, yeah. presenting these songs in, in kind of a thrash-type mode. Um, I didn't know them cold. I knew American Band cold. I knew the Mountain Song cold, the Ted song I knew. Uh, but this was the fun of doing this. That it, but There's the challenge. It was not like, oh, listen, man, I really don't want to do that one. If he picked them, I had to do them. So I do think that the way that this became fun for us was not just an absolute comfort zone, because if I picked all 10 songs, I would pick 10 
that I was cut for. But this way, I had to kind of transpose myself into what somebody else's idea of the song was. And that's what the uh, that's where this became exciting for us as uh, as musicians and uh, and recording the tunes. Yeah, you know, Last Rites would be a cool tune to do, though. Now, now that I think about it. Which one? Oh. Uh, but, all right. Can, let me, can let, you hear me? Yeah, I can Not hear you. Not Last Rites. I mean, Last Child. Last Child would be a, a, a good t- a tune to do. Last Child would be great. All right, let me let me just quickly talk about uh, Mike Portnoy. Here's a guy who has been in Sons of Apollo, Dream Theater, Twisted Sister, just one of the greatest musicians out there and incredibly nice. Every time I've met him, he's been exceptionally nice uh talk to me about uh, mark uh, just about his proficiency as a drummer and and the person yeah it's mike portnoy right you know um you know he's you know he's on a lot of different projects a lot of different bands um he likes to keep busy you know especially today in today's world you know we're all trying to find our ways you know it's you know unfortunately or fortunately depends on how one looks at it you know, it's not like it used to be where, you know, he's not in dream theater anymore, you know, so how do you, how do you sustain, you know, and he, I think he, he found a beautiful home with the winery dogs, um, who's a, who's a, which is a phenomenal band. Billy and Richie are two world-class musicians in their own right. And I think those three really hit something special when I got together, you know, um, obviously he has that. And then, you know, Sons of Apollo again, now he added four more world-class musicians you know so he knows how to surround himself by uh musicianship which is which is a great thing absolutely uh bobby i'll throw this at you Uh, one of the greatest american bands especially in the 1970s was kiss uh absent from this album why was no kiss song considered too obvious uh too obvious i think that just when i explained that you know phil damel who's uh pretty much from that era. I think I just saw a picture of him holding a guitar in 1972 or something when he sent it into the record company, um, said he didn't, he, he didn't really wasn't familiar with that mountain tune that I just mentioned. So the idea of this was not to necessarily pick, you know, rock and roll all night or, or, or she or stuff off of, um, alive. It was to, it was to get a little bit deeper to into that gritty Aerosmith into the, uh, you know, screaming Teddy into uh, Cactus. Uh, so, so uh, let's say the obvious was uh, uh, let's wasn't a rule to exclude the obvious, but it seemed to be the trend as we were picking the songs was to exclude the obvious cuts well, or bands. All right, I'll get I'll give you that, um, Mark. Uh, Metal Allegiance Volume Two: Power of Drunk Majesty came out a couple of years ago. Where are you in terms of a new album, and and is the project? an ongoing concern or at some point do you say, okay, we've had enough. Where, where do you see metal allegiance going? Uh, writing, you know, um, it's what I do. It's my creative outlet, if you will. You know, all these guys have their, even, well, let me backtrack. You know, the, the, the writing team of MA, you know, we do this because it's a creative outlet, you know, for us. When you look at, you know, Testament, you know, Chuck and, and Eric Peterson, they're primarily the writers in Testament. You know, you look at Megadeth, you know, Mustaine is the primary writer of Megadeth, you know. Um, and for me, this is, you know, Metal Legion is my primary writing source. So to be able to write with, you know, the likes of Alex or Dave or whomever, you know, it's awesome. And they love it, too, because 
again, you're not hearing Skolnick rhythms or Skolnick songs on those Testament records. You know, they have a beautiful formula that works for Testament, which is great. You know, but Alex, he wants to bring, you know, he wants to write as well, you know, the metal and obviously with his jazz trio. So MA is a great creative outlet for us. And, and that's how Bobby and I um, hit it off. We co-wrote uh, a song together for M.A. You know, and without that, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. And this record wouldn't exist if it wasn't for M.A. and, and if it wasn't for that chemistry and writing. You know, so th that's not going to stop. And M.A. is certainly not going to stop. Um, you know, Alex and I are right now, we're trading riffs back and forth and starting to plot plan uh, the next record. Um so I would think at some point at the end of this year, we'll start taking it a bit more seriously. But at this point in time, I'm focusing obviously on this release. It's coming out in June. Um, so that, that's getting my undivided attention. But, you know, I would say mid to end of the summer, you know, we'll start get those gears really turning for MA. I look forward to it. And of course, uh, Bobby, the Wings of War uh, Overkill's album from last year, considered one of the best of 2019. Normally you would, you would be on the touring cycle and still work in it, but because of what's going on, it's been cut short. Uh, does Overkill sort of get back into the studio right now and say, well, since we've got nothing else to do, let's make a, a new, new album? Where are we in terms of the band? We've always run on a on kind of a schedule it's 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 been our visibility um i think it keeps us sharp uh, we're nine songs deep at this point um you know it's something you know there, there's some, you know to be able to to face uh some some uh let's say unsure times uh that uh, not only overkill but the entire world is going through at this particular time uh business as usual is a good medicine um, so, uh, you know, I'm sitting here looking at my tablet. I've got a uh, Bluetooth speaker hooked up. I've been working on demos with uh, the other boys. And again, business as usual. And uh, I would assume a release in uh, approximately a year. Uh, so 2021. And that will be, uh, I think, record number 20. And I'd like to think that he who dies with the most toys wins. So that's... <laughs> as long as they're not in the attic. And... and, and... <laughs> And, and and how many albums next year are going to be called Business as Usual, do you think? That, that's actually not a bad title yeah. for some of these. Uh, <laughs> all right. uh, guys, an absolute pleasure. Uh, I've always enjoyed seeing uh, seeing both of you live in, in different contexts and different shows and different festivals. And uh, this new American Made, uh, it's going to be a, the shot of kick-ass rock and roll we're going to need this summer. So uh, thank you for that. Merci, as we say in Montreal. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay, bro. That was, that was great. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'll have this up this week. Great. Thanks, man. Hey, Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. À la prochaine. Bye-bye now. Cheers. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.